It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Good evening, Raider Nation. Welcome to Silver and Black Today, the post-game edition on this Sunday, Monday, whenever you're listening to us here, an Odyssey original podcast for our live audience joining us post-game on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you may be. Thanks for being with us. The Raiders, 38-20 winners over the Houston Texans. Yes, the Raiders back in the win column finally at two and four in what was a game of two halves and the Raiders come back in the second half and really turn it on thanks to the legs again of Josh Jacobs and to talk about this with all of you uh, myself Scott Branson, also our voice of the fan Murph from Raiders fan radio and Evan Grote from Just Pod Baby Guys, uh, what a game. Murph, we're going to start with you because we always love to start these post-game shows. Voice of the fan, give us your initial reaction. How are you feeling? I think I have a clue how you're feeling. Yeah, I think we're going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that that's the way this thing is going to go. Um, uh, no, all, all joking aside, you know, this was um, this was an interesting watch. I mean, I was pretty down in the dumps during the first half of this game. As I know a lot of Raider Nation was, we were just like thinking like, Oh my gosh, like, is it really taking me 49 years of life to figure out that the best part about being a Raider fan is the offseason? I'm like, this is what we're <laughs> going to do. We're going to turn in a dumper to the worst roster in all of football. But then all of a sudden, they did turn it around, and the end result was the Raiders got an 18-point victory, which is what we all expected to happen anyway. So I know we'll get into all the details of everything. But overall, it was a, a definitely a tale of two halves. It felt kind of funky early on, but I'm glad that, hey, the final result was the final result, and hopefully this will build some momentum for us. Absolutely. And Evan Grote will bring you in now. Um, you know, I, I was started this the first half. I, I even tweeted. I said, hey, you know, this seems like uh, you had a bye week. The Raiders come out one and four. They are playing like a one and four team. They go to halftime. Adjustments obviously occur. Things change. And this Raiders team really found its legs in that second half, both offensively and defensively. What did you see? Yeah, you know, I, I I saw a lot of what Murph had to say. You know, it was a tale of two halves. Um, Raiders still being plagued by just not being able to play consistent for a whole entire game. Um, but you know, they did they did show some signs of life there in the second half. You know, I, I guess I'm happy with the win. Anytime you're one and four, you have to be satisfied with a win. But let's be honest, this was a 2017 game. They were down 2017 at the end of the third quarter. So yes, you're happy to walk away with a win because they desperately need one. But again, I'm kind of looking at the process that they went about to get this win. It wasn't always pretty, but as Murph said, the end result was there. So, so Raider fans, you have to be happy. Yeah. And, and Murph, let's, let's talk a little bit about that because if you look at um, uh, this team, you look at Josh Jacobs, the legs of that young man, his line on the day, are you ready for this? 
20 carries. I always want him to get 30, so he had 10 less than I would expect him. 20 carries, 143 yards, three touchdowns, uh, and a long run of 15 yards. Listen, uh, Josh Jacobs is a man who's thing. He seems like he's playing for something, not only for his team, uh, but hey, they didn't give him his fifth year option. He's playing for a contract, and oh boy, is he earning his money right now. Absolutely. And, you know, I can't wait to go back and look through the stats. I know I dabbled a little bit on Twitter, a little more on Twitter today during the first half than I normally would because it was just like, you know what I mean? So, uh, but I did see a few flashes, a few tweets. I want to go back and read through more. And uh, just about the significance of what Josh Jacobs is doing. Uh, even uh, CBS threw up a little uh, shot there about the, um, the similarity between Josh Jacobs's uh, early time with the Raiders and Marcus Allen's. And when you start talking about, comparing to Marcus Allen over and we're not talking about a year or two we're talking about now a four-year span where I mean that's pretty impressive I mean you know Marcus Allen's you know not even arguably to me he's the greatest running back Raiders have ever had so mm-hmm. you start having those kind of conversations that's pretty significant and I know that Josh is also setting some other pacing and precedent that has not been seen for a Raiders running back for a very long time because we've had great running backs since Marcus Allen, but they've all been kind of short-lived. You know, Tyrone Wheatley, um, you know, Charlie Garner. We've kind of gotten these guys in from other places, and they would have, like, two or three good years. Napoleon Kaufman had some great years, of course, but, like, Josh Jacobs is doing it from day one. And, you know, I think it's – I mean, obviously, like you said, he's playing for something bigger. Hopefully the Raiders can, will be able to give him that contract. And I'm thinking, like, a three-year deal is a very, very fair thing right now um, for what this young man's going to be outputting. We know we're going to have money next year to do it. Yeah, but you know that's an interesting point you bring up, and I and I and we're we're staying on the positive because it's such a great game for this team to come out of the spy and win like they did. Um, so Josh Jacobs, I saw a lot, Evan, of people uh, on social media during the game uh, with with memes and and gifs with money being thrown at Josh Jacobs. Clearly, having a great year so far his best year ever as a pro, right? Which you love to see. Um, and so now we're getting the, yeah, pay the man stuff. Um, and so, so he's clearly earning what he's making now and, and helping himself for his future deal. Uh, I think it's a little premature just because of the situation. You don't know what's going on with this team yet. Uh, but, but clearly this guy, if you don't run with Josh Jacobs, and to me, I think that's where the Raiders sometimes get in trouble. And we saw it in the first half is when they go away from the run, it starts in be it starts and ends with Josh Jacobs right now, Evan. Yeah, absolutely. It does. He is, he is their MVP right now. If you ask me on either side of the ball, he is just, you know, he he's putting this team on his shoulders and I'm glad you, you came to me with this, this idea because I was thinking about it as the game was finishing up here and you guys were talking all about, you know, possibly throwing money at him. He is putting the Raiders front office in a very, very difficult situation. Now it's yes. a good, pro- it's a good problem to have. Don't get me wrong, but he is, he's, he's probably going to end up having a career year going well over a thousand yards, um, you know, mm-hmm. over double digit touchdowns. So on a contract year, do you, do you decide to pay him, give him big money for a running back? Although if you look at big picture, you know, of his career, he hasn't been healthy as much as you would like. So it is going to be very, very interesting to see how this all plays out. But, you know, it's good for the Raiders right now. And that's really what we need to focus on right now. We can talk about the future and the offseason and contracts and all that at another time. But, you know, just just looking ahead, it is it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Well, can and I, I shout I, out one other little thing, too? Yes, please do. 
Amik Robertson with the crown on Josh Jacobs. <laughs> I thought was that good. was some amazing smack talk because, I mean, you talk about Alabama running backs, it's all about yeah. King Henry in the NFL. And so for Amik Robertson to go over there and, and crown him, I thought that was pretty that was pretty sick. It was. And, and Murph, I'll tell you what. I mean, listen, this team and this player, look, you, you, you don't get your fifth-year option, uh, and some guys might be disgruntled. Josh Jacobs is focused and working his tail off and helping this team and carrying this team. Listen, Derek Carr had a nice day. Devontae Adams had a nice day overall. Uh, and this without Darren Waller again, so missing one of their big their big weapons. Um, but Josh Jacobs and that focus, it's just relentless. The way he's running is phenomenal. And yes, you know, I think I think you have to be careful with him now. Because uh, you got to keep riding them, but at the same time, you have Zamir White, you have Abdullah back there. You need to give them some carries. We saw that a little bit more today, just to spell him because you need him for the rest of that season. Yeah, absolutely. It's a long way to go, right? And we've heard going into this thing, we knew it was going to be a running back by committee. That's that's what we were told, anyways. Of course, but we haven't <laughs> seen a lot of Amir Abdullah. We haven't seen a lot of Zamir White. We haven't seen a lot of these guys. Brandon Bolden. I mean, you know, we got the Raiders got we got an awful lot of running backs, but we haven't seen it. The committee is Josh Jacobs. So, you know, how durable is he? You know, I don't know. Like you, you, you mentioned that there's, you know, there's been some challenges with injury in the past. But, I mean, 17 games is a long way to go. And if we're going to put the entirety of the, of the spirit of the offense, which is clearly what it was today, onto one guy, onto one running back, mm-hmm. and have a bell cow that you don't really see in the NFL anymore, I don't know. I think that might be a lot to ask of him. So I think that it would sure would be nice if the Raiders found – more identity or a deeper identity than just that because i don't think that's going to be able to last for another 11 weeks no it's tough and evan one of the things too that has helped josh jacobs especially the last three weeks uh nobody's perfect but that offensive line again played better tonight they got pressure early on but they adapted Derek carr obviously got banged up was out for one play got hurt uh but then they battened down the hatches and across the board Munford played great. Of course, Parham continued to play. Even Alex Bars continued to improve. Um, maybe Josh McDaniels knows a little bit more than we do about the offensive line because these guys <laughs> seem to be gelling. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. Maybe he does. Maybe that seven-man, eight-man rotation, maybe there's something <laughs> to it. I think I saw Lester Cotton out there tonight too. So yes. I, think, I think they did have eight offensive linemen play today, but you're right. I mean, it was a big talking point all offseason uh, was the offensive line and how it could possibly hold the offense back. Not the case right now. I mean, say what you want about how they they pass protect. I think obviously there's some room, room for growth there, but as far as the run blocking is going – you know, hats off to those guys. Josh Jacobs is running through some very big holes. He's making a lot of guys miss, but he, he's running through holes that I think Murph could run through. So uh, <laughs> hats off to those guys. Hey, and if I'm running behind 45, man, I just might Oof. be able to because, oh, Jakob Johnson, man, he's having a heck of a year at fullback. He really is. He, and, and, you know, one of those unsung heroes, I think you talked about him last time we did a post game after the Monday night loss to the Chiefs, Murph. Uh, and I think a lot of people, those guys sometimes go unnoticed because they're not always doing sexy stuff. But if you watch the game and you watch it multiple times like we all do, you uh, you appreciate and understand it. Um, speaking of, let's appreciate Devontae Adams, of course. Nine, ca- excuse me, eight catches, 95 yards. Hunter Renfro back, three catches, 55 yards. Mac Hollins, of course, with a nice touchdown to start the game off. Two catches for 44 yards, and Foster Moreau was targeted five times, three catches, and 28 yards. Um, overall, that offense, it, it, it seems stuck in neutral in the first half, Murph. Then the second half, 
They came alive. I'm still angry at Josh McDaniels for the trick plays when they're on drives where they're moving the ball. But we'll save that for Tuesday's show because we're staying on the win here. Uh, but, man, I'll tell you what. Derek Carr lit up. The receivers lit up. The offensive line got better. And, of course, Josh Jacobs. This offense, you saw tonight 38 points. This is what we all expected out of this office, what we saw in the second half. Yeah, and I mean, running the ball early certainly got it going because it automatically kicked off the play action. We hadn't seen the Raiders do a ton of play action this year. And it's funny because it's I've talked about this a lot on the show about how like we can change so many things about the Raiders over like periods of years and some things are just stay the same. And the Raiders have historically not been a big play action team. I don't know why. Right. Like, I don't True. know what the difference is between the Raiders and 31 other football teams that find, you know, rhythms to their offense by engaging in play action, especially when you have a good running game. So anyways, but to see that come out early tonight, I thought that was very encouraging. And I know that Josh is catching some heat on some of the play calling. And I, <laughs> and I definitely, to, to me, more of the heat should be placed on him and the idea that it took them so long to get going. I yeah. applaud the adjustments and what he was at. Cause we've, that's the theme of era of this team, right? Is it all worth such good adjusters um, or the coaching staff? Anyways, we can all adjust. Okay. Well, how come we didn't adjust in the bye week like, why did we're going up against a weak football team? Why did we come out so flat mm. in that first? It was a this is a boring football game in the, in the first half. Oh, it yeah. was not. A good, it was not a good watch. And so, why does it take though into the second half for the creativity to come out? Now, you can argue, did he get a little too cute on some things? I don't know. I'd, some of it was kind of fun, you know. And football is supposed <laughs> to be fun, so and it worked. And I thought, you know, and the one that that the little pass back from Jacobs, where he had Devonte running a corner high, yep. and then he had Hollins running underneath, and all Derek had to do was run or I'll, I'll read which one that when the safety was going to cover, and then throw it to the other guy. So like, yep. I thought that was kind of clever. So th- I didn't think that was too bad, but you just want to see that stuff kind of kick in a little bit earlier, and especially after a bye week. It's like, my gosh. Another thing that the Raiders have post by week blues, like, <laughs> yeah, you, you want them to come out and, and, and put the gas on right away. Right. You, I mean, that's what you that's what I was expecting. And when they looked much like they did the previous five games, that's when I got concerned. But Evan, this offense in the second half just seemed to get into high gear. The play calling changed a little bit. So there was your adjustments. Uh, but what did you see the biggest difference with quarterback, with offensive line, with what they were running specifically in this game against the Texans? Yeah, I, I think what we're seeing now is, and I've talked about it a lot with you guys here on the show and, and, and on my podcast, is I think we're starting to see the identity now, right? The identity mm. is riding Josh Jacobs. And, and so, you know, when they needed something to happen, they went to Josh Jacobs and that's a good thing. Now there was a, a, a period of time where they kind of went away from Josh Jacobs he, or not Josh, excuse me, Devonte Adams. Adams was involved early in the game, often in the game. And then I think he didn't catch a pass all the way through the second quarter and even into the third quarter. And then he got back involved again in that, that scoring drive where he had like three catches for 38 yards. So, you know, I still don't like to see those periods where he goes missing, but, we did. We, we are starting to see the identity now with Josh Jacobs. But to me, it should be if it's not Josh Jacobs touching the ball, it better be Devonte Adams. So it's clearly they are the two stars in this offense, and 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 that's where it's got to be. Yeah, and that's where I mean, listen, having Darren Waller on the field is is such a big deal for this team because even if you're not utilizing him and you're not going to him, he occupies 
other defenders. That's why he's so important to the team. Whether or not he performs like we all want him to or not doesn't matter. That's a big piece of it. But we saw tonight, Murph, uh, this team really being able to spread the ball around again. Derek Carr did a great job of finding the receiver he needed to when he wasn't handing the ball off to Josh Jacobs. And that's why you see Renfro, you see Hollins, you see Moreau, you see Abdullah even with a catch, and of course Adams. Um, you know, this is, I think, what this team, we, we talked about it last week, this team needed a confidence builder. So they got, they got into a situation where they were not doing as well as we thought they could, and then they blow it open the second half. This is the type of game that you really use to turn things around, isn't it? Absolutely, and you could see it just build, you know, and that play that where Derek threw it, when they had, and they were playing this, this too deep safety thing yeah, for most of the safety. game. And never freaking really challenged the middle of the field. And yeah. then all of a sudden, Derek pulls the trigger and chucks one to Matt Collins for a touchdown. And you could immediately see their demeanors. Like, everybody started lighting up. That confidence had yeah. started to build because they could make the play. Now, again, though, my question is, why are we waiting however long? <laughs> because it was right before the end of the half. Like, why, why aren't we doing that stuff earlier in the football game? Again, even the announcers are calling this stuff out, going, yeah, well, here's what they're doing. Well, then how come we're not attacking that? But anyway, yeah. point being is that you could see the momentum build. And I, I got to think that that play alone seemed to be a, a, a heck of a catalyst because, you know, as, as I believe as Evan mentioned, you know, going into the fourth quarter, we were losing. So it, was, it wasn't like we immediately like took command of the football game at that point. But I think just like demeanor, like sideline demeanor, and I'm, I'm, I'm so huge on that. I love to like check out like what body language looks like mm-hmm. and like what communications are looking like. And there, there was a lot of camaraderie, which frankly, and we hadn't necessarily seen that exhibited, um, whether that's been on. T- oh, we lost your audio. All right. Well, we'll get we'll get Murph back here in a second. I hate that we're, we're not hearing him. <laughs> well, Evan, he we'll has get a back. lot to say. He has a lot to say, apparently. <laughs> he does. He does. I'm trying to point to him so he knows, but he can't tell. Uh, uh, Murph, can you hear us? Because we can't hear you. Your audio went out. As you were making your your final case, yeah. So so it's it's it's. Uh, let me double check. Yeah, I. I you know, Scott. It. One thing I want to throw out there while yeah. we're, we're we're trying to get Mac uh, Murph, Murph back on is yeah. one one of the things that we have um, criticized the Raiders' offense for has been their play in the red zone. That was not the issue tonight. They got into the red zone three different times, and they were able to capitalize on those opportunities and get touchdowns mm-hmm. on all three of those drives. So I think that was a big, you know, improvement, you know, talk about coming off the bye week and things that we'd like to see them improve on. They were much better in the red zone, and, and that definitely makes a big difference in these football games. Well, of course. And, I mean, remember that that big stretch during the first half, they didn't even get in the red zone. Um, you know, they got the yeah. one field goal, but they couldn't even drive the ball. And that's why that second half, when they started driving the ball, uh, you you just felt a different sense for how they were going, and that's that's all the difference. Finding that rhythm, it's been so hard for this team, and I know the blame it on the coaching and the new system and all that kind of stuff. It's probably a, a conglomeration of all of that, uh, but to see them finally start to – you could see it too, play by play happening, and and it really starts to say, okay, now they're starting to get into this rhythm. You feel it, as a, even yeah. as somebody watching the game – you can feel it. So it's 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 one of those deals where, uh, again, building that confidence was so huge for this team going into that fourth quarter. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think you nailed it when you said rhythm. You know, they just they just seem to whatever, you know, I don't know what I haven't rushed it a second time. I, I will have to to see exactly the type of adjustments that were made. But, you know, everyone just got more comfortable, got into more of a routine. And I think they were dominating that line of scrimmage a lot more than they were in the first half. And as you saw, uh, Josh Jacobs was able to break free and and, and get take some nice runs out there. So uh, definitely a, a comfort level was better in the second half for sure. Yeah, and we're we're working on getting uh, Murph back here in a second with his audio. Sorry about that, everybody. And he was right in the middle of a great point, so we'll have to f- find out what uh, what he was saying. Uh, but but again, the Raiders 38-20 winners over the Titans. Some some team stats I want to go over with you, Evan, real quick. Uh, first downs twenty five to twenty one. The Raiders four hundred net yards of offense for the Raiders in this one. Five penalties, forty four yards. Uh, so not great. Some of those were early on, uh, but certainly in key times, they did not commit penalties, no turnovers. So that was a huge one as well. And they win the time of possession battle barely just by about 50 seconds. So, uh, this one was close for a while, but you like to see how they, uh, pulled away there. Murphy back with us. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm not sure. Yes. That's all right. No worries. Uh, Scott Branson, Murph from Raiders fan radio and, Evan from Just Pod Baby are with you. And if I could get everybody else on here, I will do so. There we go. Um, but Murph, you were making the point, And then, of course, the audio goes out. So I don't know if, if, if that was like some Chiefs fan out there is tired of hearing him, hearing from you. <laughs> and he pulled the plug. Uh, but we were, we were talking just about, Murph, while you were out, we were talking about the rhythm of this team and that offense and how you could see it as a fan or as an observer of the game, like we're covering the game. You could see play by play by play. It started to string together. And almost in the players' faces, too, you saw it connect. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not sure where I where I dipped out at audio wise, but yeah, that um, the, the the body language that we've seen on the Raiders sidelines and in the game hasn't been the best throughout the course of this season so far. But we really saw that start to change today, and uh, and that was it's so great to see because that's what, I mean it's, you want to see you want to see the guys having fun. You, you want to see them, you know, into it and, and and taking it seriously, but only to a certain extent. It's still a game. You still got to have fun with it, and you still got to you know. Um, you know, there's got to be a certain amount of, of was the word levity? Is that the right word? Levity. Scott? There you go. Got to be a little bit of levity there. Absolutely. No, it was good. It was good to see this team, especially towards that end of the game when they really had Deron Harmon, right? Hey, when was the last oh. time you saw the Raiders, Evan, close out a game with a defensive play like that? I mean, Murph and I talked before we went on the air about it a little bit because it was it was nice to see that too. That defense needed that as well, and they come through big at the end. Yeah, I, I think they put the stat up there on the TV. Was that the first time they've had a pick six in, in three seasons? I'm pretty in sure. In three they said. seasons, yeah. So now yep. they've had two defensive touchdowns this season. So, you know, they got to have a lot more of those. Those are impact game changing plays that I talk about all the time. And the Raiders obviously have not had enough of them this year or in past years as well. So that is definitely something you'd like to see start happening more and more. Uh, you'd like to see more pressure on the quarterback, strip, sack, fumbles. Those are the types of plays that can really turn a game around, turn a season around. And and you saw it from Harmon today with that pick six to kind of close that game out today. 
All right, Murph. So everybody gets to go back to work tomorrow feeling good. We can have uh, nice things on Twitter. There won't be knife attacks and all kinds of stuff. People people yelling at each other and tearing eyes out and gnashing of teeth. Uh, it's going to be a good Monday for Raider Nation as we see the Raiders move to two and four. The Saints next week. Uh, and uh, but but finally, Raider Nation you know, that was down in the dumps, especially after that Chiefs loss. And then you got a week off, so you got to live with it even longer finally Raider Nation can celebrate tomorrow yeah it's gonna be nice I mean you know we're still gonna fight about Derek Carr on Twitter because that's gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) yeah because you know somebody's gonna say like well how come we wait until he gets a free play or how come on a free play throws the ball out of bounds I don't know but they won so like let's just like let's just calm down um but yeah but anyways but it will be nice it's it's and it's you know, and it's funny because, like, this just being this Raider fan thing, this Raider life, as you guys know, man, it's not always the easiest. But as I, as I always say, like, let's just enjoy it for what it is in the moment. Let's root for the Raiders that are, not the Raiders that aren't. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, don't let the teams play on the field impact your ability to enjoy yourself on a Sunday. And don't get me wrong, I was sad sacking on a couch for the first half of this game. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, though, like, you know, Raider Nation is family, and, and, and we've got something – to, 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 you know, celebrate, even though it was, I know it's the Texans. I know we didn't just beat the chief. I get the context of it all, <laughs> but we still won a freaking football game. And so let's enjoy it for what it is. Absolutely. And that's why we have you on here, Murph. Uh, and you have to follow Murph at Raiders fan radio on YouTube. Great show. Uh, make sure you watch it. Make sure you subscribe, hit their notifications bell as well. And as always, Murph, we have to talk about the important work you do outside the content making. And that of course is uh, the one nation foundation. Tell everybody about that and what they can do to help. Yeah. Thank you so much. So we, uh, we started a nonprofit once we realized we can make money with our show and we give a hundred percent of that money away. And uh, we're going to present a check to the Fred Boletnikoff foundation uh, coming up in December. And so Raider nation, we are in our final push of fundraising for 2022 uh, because anything that we're going to be able to do for the month of October, we know we'll get that in time to be able to give it to the Boletnikoffs. Our goal originally was $8,000 and we've rocketed past that. Awesome. Uh, we're, we're hoping to get into five figures to present a check to them for. So if you could just help, help us, you know, go to RaidersFanRadio.com uh, or YouTube.com slash RaidersFanRadio on Wednesday nights when we do our show. We do, we're, go, we're doing some auction items this week. We're giving away a signed Devontae Adams jersey. Um, and so, yeah, so get in on that. And then if you just want to donate directly, you can go to uh, OneNationFoundation.net. There's a donate button. You can click on it, and the money goes straight to us. Google doesn't take a cut, none of that kind of stuff. It just goes straight to the foundation. And so we thank you to everybody that supported us along the way, Uh, both you guys and Scott. I I can't tell you how much uh, help you all have been in our fundraising efforts this year. And we we attest a lot of the exposure we get here to the amount of money we've been able to raise. So thank you very, very much to all of you that have supported us with with this uh, run this year. And we're looking forward to to seeing the Blitnikoffs and passing it all on. We're just the vessel, man. It's Raider Nation. <laughs> all the listeners are the ones where, and we, and we make sure that we, uh, we note that when we, when we, uh, when we pass those funds on. So thank you very, very much. Well, thank you guys and the whole entire crew there at Raiders fan radio for what you guys do. And we're certainly happy to keep spreading the word and we will put links uh, below in the podcast. If you're listening to us on Odyssey, or if you're watching on YouTube after the show's over, we'll update there with links as well. Murph, I appreciate it, man. We will see you next week. Yeah, let's see. Let's uh, hopefully a big win against the Saints. Let's go. (laughs) The Saints. There you go. New Orleans. There you go. Murph. Follow him on Twitter at underscore Murph, M-U-R-F. He is out. Thank you very much for being with us, buddy. All right. Thank you, fellas. Have a good night. You too. Take care, Murph. 
All right, there you go. Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Always good perspective and just amazing work that he's doing with the One Nation Foundation, so make sure you contribute there. Evan and I are going to be back. We're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we'll roll on with our reaction to the Raiders. 38-20 win over the Houston Texans. Don't go anywhere. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thank you guys for joining us here on the post-game show. For those joining us live on our video stream, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter, thanks for being with us and for participating in the chat. I see it going nuts over there, so thanks for that. If you're listening to us on the audio, hey, it's great that you found the podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, make sure you do it. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and we appreciate that as well. Just set up the auto download. That's all you got to do. While we're at it, make sure you also subscribe to this podcast that we call Just Pod Baby. My my partner on the show tonight, Mr. Evan Grote, who you can follow on Twitter at egrote5. You can also follow his podcast on Twitter at Just Pod Baby. Uh, and make sure you can get his podcast every, everywhere you can get ours. You can get his. So just double dip. That way you have uh, Raiders content whenever you want it. And Evan does a great job, uh, as always, which is why we have him here on the postgame show. All right, Evan, we talk about this uh, this game with the Raiders, and we we, we talked uh, at length with Murph about it a little bit. Let's, but let's dive into this a little bit. I was really concerned to start out just because I thought the offense just looked as terrible as it has at different points throughout the season out of sync. Derek Carr didn't look as confident as he can look. He looked a little bit shaky. Then he got hurt and then he came back and he seemed to be nervous in the pocket. The pocket was collapsing more early on. The Texans, by the way, as bad as the Texans could be, their defense is pretty stout. They have a good defensive backfield, as you know, and the defensive front does put pressure and did in that first half. Um, Did you have that same feeling and what did you see change in the second half? Well, you know, I, I'm trying to keep it as positive as I can, but, you know, I, I was, I felt the same way you did in the first half, the same way Murph felt in the second half. And I, I was really, to, I was really hoping to see them come out tonight yeah. and, and put forth a really good full game four four quarter effort. That's not what we saw. You know, it, it was the Texans. So I don't want to make too much of it but you know because it was a win and you have to be happy with the win at this point you're looking for small signs as a fan you know of progress but 
again, I kind of look at the process that, that it took them to get to the win and through three quarters, they were losing this game. Now we've heard a lot. Josh uh, McDaniels talked a lot about this team needs to learn how to finish. They were able to do that tonight, which is a good thing, but overall, you know, I thought it was kind of a, a whole hum kind of game. I, you know, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna get overly excited about this game. It's a win. It's in the books. And you know, maybe start to look ahead to the the saints here in a couple of days. Evan, don't you know, we don't allow haters on the show. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but you bring up some good points and, and overall, listen, you have to start, you know, the first step to running is that first step of walking, right? So you have to walk yeah. before you run. And so I think the Raiders, yeah, fir- first game that they win in quite a while and they grind it out, right? They grind it out. And then yeah. they came alive in that that fourth quarter, which was huge. But some of their numbers you're talking about still on third down, four of nine, 44%, better than they have been. So there's improvement there. Of yeah. course, you want that uh, to be a little higher. But they were uh, one of one on fourth down. They were three of three in the red zone. That, to me, is one of the biggest takeaways. And I know they were playing the Texans. This isn't the Chiefs. It's not one of the higher-end echelon teams in the AFC. But the fact that they were perfect in the red zone, it took them forever to get some plays into the red zone. But once they got there, they capitalized. Yeah, that was that was really probably one of the biggest takeaways from the game uh, as far as positives goes. I mean, Josh Jacobs was excellent. Don't get me wrong. But the red zone, it's been such a big issue for this team. And again, if they want to try to rattle out, you know, four or five more wins here and then and this stretch of games here where the schedule looks a bit more favorable, they're going to have to do much better than they have in the red zone. So today was absolutely a huge step towards doing that. And, uh, you know, you, you hope that it continues again here in the next couple of games. Absolutely. And you look at some of the other numbers as I read them off the screen here. 55 offensive plays. Of course, they netted 400 yards. 65. The Raiders started out slow on offense right again uh, outside that first big drive. And so so they need to increase that. But 7.3 yards per gain in, in in this game on offense, Evan, that is also really great. You know, at the first half, they were talking a lot about Derek Carr not having a pass over 20 yards, all this kind of stuff. Carr came alive with some nice throws in the second half. And then, of course, you had Josh Jacobs. Um, and then even Hunter Renfro got back in the game and uh, got some receptions. Although, I, I got to call, I got to send Hunter a text and just say, hey, man, why can't you catch the ball standing? <laughs> you ever notice Hunter Renfro, God bless him. He's always got to be jumping on the ground to get the ball, which is really funny. Uh, but even when he did it the first time and they didn't touch him and he got back up and ran and gained more yards, shows you what kind of smart football player he was. But it's nice to start to see some of these guys getting back involved. It'll be even better when Darren Wall comes back. Absolutely. And, you know, another guy who continues to play really well this season. And really he's the, he's the second best wide receiver on this team right now, Matt Collins. Yes, you know, I know he only had, only had two catches, but you know, obviously he had the touchdown. Uh, he's been very good for them, especially with Waller missing time, Renfro missing time. He has been exactly what this offense is needed. And as you said, it would be nice to get them finally everyone back operating at full strength. Uh, hopefully that happens soon. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see on Waller for this coming week here. But, you know, Matt Collins, excellent job so far. He did. And uh, you look at Matt Collins, Hollins, and then you look again. I, I keep talking about the offensive line and what they've been able to do, uh, despite the fact that uh, they're rotating through. But maybe they're getting that confidence, maybe playing. I mean, the t- again, the Texans 
are not a Super Bowl team, but their defense isn't terrible. So so going against that, and again, it's the step, it's the confidence that you build going into the next game. And then you got the Saints coming up, which we'll talk about more about later on, but you have the Saints coming up, not exactly a great team either. So the Raiders, as Mo and I talked about last week, have an opportunity to start to, to put things together. Now on the defensive side of the ball, I still have lots of concerns uh, there, Evan, because even though this defense came up big at times, we still saw trouble rushing the quarterback, especially up the middle. Bilal Nichols got beat a couple times. I thought it was pretty bad. They got run over pretty bad at the linebacker spot. Blake Martinez, especially in the first half, showed up pretty big. I was glad to see him make some plays. Uh, on the backside, Anthony Averett's return was a huge disappointment. Trayvon Morig continues to struggle. Second game in a row where he just continues to get beat, and that's concerning to me as well. Yeah, I, I think the big negative takeaway uh, defensively has to be the play of Trayvon Merrick. You know, uh, had a really rough game, was part of the reason why that touchdown was allowed there. Um, missed, gave up a couple other plays as well. So, you know, when you look at his first season, didn't really make a lot of impact plays, and that's what he was really good at doing in college. Mm -hmm. It did not translate to the pros, um, at least not yet. And, and, and this season... Eh, off to a bit of a, a shaky start. And one of the things that I want to mention about the defense, and I, I, I don't want to be critical of this guy because he's been excellent, but this was the first game that Max Crosby has been kind of neutralized here. I mean, every other game he's had tackles for losses and, and several pressures. I thought today he had a bit of a quiet game, but I'll give him, a, I'll, I'll cut him you know, some slack. He's probably not getting a lot of sleep lately. So, uh. um, you know, maybe That's he's a true. little tired. Maybe he didn't have the energy that he's used to having now with that new uh, newborn at home. So we'll, uh, we'll cut you, him some slack. You and I know that uh, that pain oh so well. Pain and Absolutely. glory at the same time. It's all it's <laughs> yeah. all together. So we understand that. The back end, too, remember, Nate Hobbs not there. Um, also, yeah. I, I continue to be impressed with the development. I'm not saying he's ever going to be an all-pro, but, but Amik Robertson still continues to play solid football. Uh, and especially with all those injuries, he's really stepped up and been a really good, solid player for this team. Uh, and Rocky Seen has struggled again tonight, too. So, so I think the Raiders have a lot of question marks on defense. And they were playing the Texans on offense. The Texans are a ball control, grinded out kind of team. They're not the kind of team that's explosive. It's not like the Chiefs where they're going to go down the field a ton and really challenge you. They run the ball and do it very well when they can. And we saw that in the first half, right? Uh, and so this Raiders team, this Raiders defense came up big at the end with Deron Harmon's pick six uh, there at the end of the game. But they're going to have to figure it out because as they get past the stretch, they got the Saints next week a little more dynamic, obviously, on offense than are the Texans. Um, but, but are you still concerned with that defense as much as I am all the way around? I, I just don't think, look, there's good pieces there. You saw uh, Jones, uh, Chandler Jones play, play a better game today, get his first half sack uh, of the season. Uh, but I just think I don't think they just have the talent level yet that they're going to need on defense to make this a true contending team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you have to be concerned with the defense. Um, I know they they played a little better in the second half, but, um, you know, just just like you said, they, they lack talent. I mean, they just lack talent. And when you have an injury to a guy like Nate Hobbs, who is probably your second best player on the defense, it's that's, mm -hmm. that's not going to help things at all. But uh, I also want to give a shout out to Mo's boy, Cleveland Farrell. I heard <laughs> Mo, yes. was, Mo was talking him up this week. I listened to your show this week um, and I listen to it every week, but um I heard Mo talking him up when they were talking about his name coming up in trade rumors. He thought that he has 
played well in the snaps that he was given, finally showing up and getting himself a half sack today along with Chandler Jones. So I think you got to be fair there and, and uh, mention his name. Yeah, and and absolutely played really well and continues to to kind of carve out a role for him. No, not as the number four pick. We've, we've re- you got to let all that go. It's not his fault he was picked where he is, but he's starting to really gain confidence. And more importantly, he's improving at that position and really being disruptive. We saw it against the Chiefs, too. He had a really good game against the Chiefs there as well, so it's good to see him there. Whatever they can get out of their first-round pick they need to do, uh, and maybe they'll be able to even uh, develop him into a nice player and bring him back. Of course, not at first-round money, but but certainly we'll see how that all goes. Um, all right, so we're going to step aside, take one quick break, and then when we come back, we'll close out this post-game show. The Raiders winners, 38-20. to 20. you got to feel good out there, Raider Nation. You're with Evan Groten, Scott Branson on the Silver and Black Today post-game podcast here on Odyssey Network only where you can get it there. We're an original. You can't get it anywhere else. Thanks. Stay with us. We'll be right back. All right. Back here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast, Evan Grote. He is the host of Just Pod Baby podcast. You also must subscribe. Yes, we ask a lot of you here, folks. You got to subscribe to two podcasts. You got to subscribe to Evan's Just Pod Baby, wherever you get your podcast. You can also subscribe to ours if you don't already do it. You would assume you do because you're listening but you never know. It might be your first time. And if, it's, if it is your first time, we promise we'll be gentle. Just hit download, hit subscribe, put on auto download on both of our podcasts, and you'll be fine. You'll get it good. If you're joining us on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, or Twitter, thanks for watching. We appreciate it. The, the chat is always good, uh, except for the bots, which we always have to deal with as well. Uh, but we certainly appreciate you guys being here as well. We are live after every game. The Raiders play no matter what day of the week it is. And then, of course, you can catch our podcast on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, Wednesdays being our mailbag show. All right, Evan, we look at this game uh, and what it means for the future. We talked a lot about it and the fact that this team needed confidence. It needed to find some rhythm. It needed to find some identity. It seemed to have done that on offense. Defense is still searching, and there's there's great moments, and there's really bad moments. But overall, looking at this win, uh, what does it mean for this team's future versus had it lost this game at home to Houston? Oh, boy. <laughs> had they lost? Oh, boy. Um, you could probably start looking at those mock drafts had they lost this game. But now I think you can put that off for at least a couple of weeks. And, you know, listen, it's been talked about a lot. Everyone has looked at the schedule. They see the next six games or next five games now. And they say, you know, the Raiders should be able to rattle off four or five wins. And if, if they can do so, then they should be able to play themselves back into the conversation at least. Now, one thing I want to point out, I talked about this on the podcast this week. Uh, the, of those six games that are coming up for the Raiders, mm-hmm. four of those games are on the road. So yeah. four of the next five games are on the road, including two East Coast trips starting this week in New Orleans. And then they, they go ahead to Jacksonville. Miami. Oh, Jacksonville. Jack, yeah, Jacksonville the following week. So that is something to keep in mind. You know, it's never easy for the Raiders to travel East and play those early games. So again, just something to keep an eye on. But, you know, getting this first win... Uh, it's a step in the right direction. Now they got to go out there and win a couple in a row here to continue to build that confidence. And one of the other things I just was looking at some scores of some other games. I see the Chiefs are going to go ahead and win, but the Chargers did lose today, 
And I believe the Broncos also lost today. So that does help them within the division. And that's what you need yeah. if you want to stay, you know, competitive here in, in the race. Right. And and obviously beating Houston, an AFC team, uh, helps that the, with, the, with the playoff picture. I know some of you don't think the Raiders have a chance to make the playoffs. I think they do if they can fare well over the next six games, as we talked about last week. Uh, as well. So so we'll see how that all happens and how it goes down. But Evan, uh, I, I also think that this game too was important for Josh McDaniels. Listen, I don't think Josh McDaniels will be fired after this year, no matter what they finish at. Uh, I'm not a proponent of that. I would like to see them get better. I still think they're struggling with game planning. I think that you saw at the beginning of this game, I don't know what the game plan was after that first series with the nice touchdown pass to Mac Hollins. But it just seemed to be out of sync again. And then you and I were texting during the game. And again, we're staying positive because it's a win here. But we also need to look at what the Raiders need to do in order to keep this win streak going, which is now one game, so it's not really a streak. But if they want to win two in a row, it just I don't understand when you're on a roll and you're moving on offense and then you pull trick plays. I think Josh McDaniels, as Evan, or excuse me, as Mo and I have talked about in the past, Evan. Um, falls in love with himself a little too much in his thinking and tries to get cute. And it, it almost cost the Raiders a turnover, I think, on that one play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we, You and I talked about it on text. You know, they were moving the ball. They were mixing it up. Josh Jacobs was getting big gains here and there. They were mixing in some pass plays. That was the drive in the second half where Devontae Adams was involved, three catches for 38 yards. And then all of a sudden, you see this trick play come out of nowhere. It's just, you know, don't try to be the smartest guy in the room. Just, just you know, <laughs> Do what do what's easy. Do what's working. And and you know the Texans were one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. There's no reason to go away from that. It was working. Continue to do that. So sometimes you just got to do what's what's easy and what what works. And and that was today. It was running the football. Yeah, no question. And as they get set uh, for this 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 stretch of games, uh, especially on the East Coast, the next couple of weeks uh, with New Orleans up next, the Josh Jacobs, you know, riding the Josh Jacobs train. Uh, to the end zone. Yes, it has to be continued to be your game plan. He is why the Raiders even have two wins, let's face it. Uh, but at the same time, teams are going to start scheming for that. So the Raiders have to continue to be balanced on offense. Yes, you got to give Josh Jacobs the ball and establish the run, but you're going to have to use other backs so you can give other looks. You're going to have to get the ball out of Derek Carr's hands like he did tonight to Devontae Adams, of course. But then uh, if he's having trouble getting open or if he's having issues where he's not uh, not involved in the offense, you have to get it to Hunter Renfro's. You have to get it to the Moreau's. You have to get it to the Wallers if he's back. Um, this offense has to continue to strive for balance. So while we understand the need for the run and the amazing stretch of games that Josh Jacobs is having, Evan, um, they're going to still have to find the balance because you're going to face a defense that will figure it out at some point or at least in stretches, and you're going to have to continue to score during those periods. Absolutely. And and you hope that all the success they're having running the football starts to open up things more for the passing game. Now, I know you look at Derek Carr's numbers. I think he threw for 240 yards today. So when you when you look at it, you know, that's a decent game. But, you know, we really haven't seen him have that huge signature game yet. He's really been more of a, a game manager this season, which is which is OK as long as they're winning games. But there's going to be a, a point in the season where. You know, he's going to have to step up, put the team on their shoulders when these defenses start to figure out, you know, the Raiders want to run the ball. There's going to be games where Josh Jacobs just isn't rushing for 140 yards. And, <laughs> and you know, hopefully, though, like I said, all this success on the ground 
opens things up for that passing game. And and then this offense really becomes what we all thought it was going to be where you can, you can beat him with anybody. And, and that's, that's the goal here. Yeah. And, and, and I think too, that that's the point where, where everybody puts the pressure. And of course, I'm not going to get into the age old Derek Carr arguments uh, tonight because he did play well. Uh, but at the same time, uh, he's, he, he has changed. His role seems to have changed so far. Now, yeah. One game can change that. You come out and you ball out and you throw six touchdown passes and pass for 500 yards. We're having a different conversation. But it doesn't mean he has to do that to win. I think that's what happens when you have the kind of weapons and the running game the Raiders currently have is you can win the game in multiple ways, meaning you might have to pass to win sometimes, uh, establish the run to set up the pass, or you can just pass or excuse me, you can run like they did tonight with a Mack truck with Josh Jacobs and win it that way. So so Derek Carr, I, I don't think, and I don't sense that people who really follow the Raiders closely and don't have a, 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 a hate type of situation for Derek Carr, they understand that, and they don't care. As long as the team wins or puts itself in a position to win and Derek Carr is there to manage it, that's fine. Yeah, and and I think that's a great point you made because a couple a couple of thoughts that I had through my going through my mind there when you're saying that. Number one, I I and this is in defense of him. I think everyone, the expectations were not only so high for the offense, but mm. for him because he has all these weapons because he has Devontae Adams and Renfro and Waller. Um, I mean, I drafted him in, in fantasy football because I just thought he was going to have a, a really really big <laughs> year. Now he isn't really producing those huge numbers that I thought he would. But you know what? As long as the team wins the game like they did tonight, it does. you, you can't complain. You can't have it both ways. You can't complain that Carr isn't putting up big numbers and, and then they're, at the same time they win the game, you know? So as long as the team is winning – you know, even the even the haters should should stay quiet, stay quiet no, because they won't. You know, he managed the game. Yeah, I know they won't, but you know, he managed the game. He did what he had to do to help to help the offense. You know, win the game, and that's that's really what it's all about. Yeah, no question. And and I'll tell you what, I think that you know, fans are feeling good tonight, as they should. You should enjoy every win your team has. Enjoy. Uh, Evan and I for baseball are in are crying in our uh, beer tonight. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, you you, yeah. you look at what they've done and you should be happy with the performance. Yes, it can get better. It needs to get better if this team really is to build and, and overcome the odds and make the playoffs, uh, which it can do. And I really believe it has an opportunity to do that. Uh, but at the same time, you also need to keep it in check a little bit. The, the, and, and talked about it in the first segment with Murph. Um the paid Josh Jacobs crowd, I get it. The guy's running unbelievable. But just, you know, let, let's let the f- season finish out. And if he has, you know, 2,500 yards, great. You still have a decision to make. And, and it's great that he's making, a diffi- make it, making it difficult for uh, Dave Ziegler to make that decision. Uh, but you have to wait to see how the year plays out because you don't know eventually, do you want to upgrade offensive line? You need to upgrade on defense. You have other issues going on. Uh, so, so let's enjoy Josh Jacobs, not worry about his contract or next year or how much he's making and just let the kid play football because he's having a hell of a year. Yeah, I mean that is going to be a huge topic if this if his trend continues that is going to be a very very interesting topic as I mentioned because you know we have seen there's been some teams that have gone out there and paid these running backs mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of come back to hurt them a bit. I mean Christian McCaffrey got paid and he's had a ton of injuries 
um, since he got paid, Todd Gurley. I mean, I, I, there's many others that are just slipping my mind right now, but that's kind of been the model now. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, he's another guy, you know. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, the, the trend has been not to pay running backs, but if you got a running back who's 24 years old, he goes out there and rushes for 1,700 yards and 10 touchdowns and is, you know, your MVP on offense, <laughs> you know, it's it, hard to it, let it makes him go. It, Right, exactly. So uh, he's definitely putting them in a very difficult spot. But for this season, it, it's a great problem to have. It is. And you got to hope. I mean, I, I believe somewhere that Josh Jacobs, he wants to, you know, you get drafted by a team. You want to stay with that team. Now, if they don't want you, you leave and you do your thing. It's a business. But I get the sense that he wants to be in Vegas. He wants to be a Raider. He wants to wear the silver and black. And that's, of course, helping him and and being a motivation as well. So so I'm not saying it won't happen. I just think we got to wait and see uh, how things go. But uh, we'll see. And people saying in the chat, oh, he'll come back for a team-friendly contract. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, no. Not if you have a year like he's having. And um, when, you got to set up When's the last family? time you saw a player come back for a team-friendly deal? You just don't yeah. see that happening. Derek no. Carr was supposed to come back for a team-friendly deal too. <laughs> exactly. $40, exactly. $40 million, you know. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. Listen, it, it it's hard. It's especially for fans, and I know as as a fan too. You you, it's a business, and so when they make business decisions, especially guys, I'm not saying he wouldn't take a little less money, but if he has an amazing year and continues what he's doing, and then he hits the market, it's going to be big. And so if somebody's, you're not going to take thirty, forty, fifty million dollars less than somebody else is going to offer you. You're going to take it at all. Running back. Especially, Especially at, running, at back. running back, and if it's yeah. a team, if it's a team that's a contender as well, I mean, you have more incentive as well. So uh, we'll see, but uh, but yes, uh, I think he does want to be a Raider, and it's going to be good. But Evan, I mean, Raider fans should feel good about tonight. Yes, there's things they need to work on still in practice. They are professionals, uh, and the coaches are paid for a reason, and they need to do it. Um, but I do think that uh, this team today really did itself a massive favor it had to win the game at home especially with the road stretch you're talking about but it got the confidence it got some of that identity back on what it needed on offense it still needs to find it on defense a little bit um they underperformed there but did enough especially at the end by closing out the game with deron Harmon's uh pick six um but overall a good win for this team something to build on Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the defense there. You're looking at the schedule. You've got some offenses that you're going to be facing here that could be some get well. You know, if you're going to get well on defense, you know, there's some good teams coming up to do it against. I mean, the Saints don't exactly have a stellar offense. The Jaguars, you know, I, I still think they're questionable and, and inconsistent Colts following them and then the Broncos. So, I mean, there is a chance here uh, for the defense to get right in these next four to five games. So definitely Raider fans, you should wake up tomorrow morning with a little extra pep in your step for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. And that's uh, it's going to be a good time and a good week for Raider Nation as you get set for New Orleans. Also, I'm sure a lot, a lot of Raider Nation will be in New Orleans because if you can get a trip to New Orleans to see your favorite football team, why would you not go? So you'll have to drop us a line and let us know uh, with that one as well. Evan, man, we appreciate you being with us tonight. As always, make sure you subscribe to Just Pod Baby. You can get it anywhere you want uh, and uh, catching it on. You said Wednesdays now, right, Evan? No, well, I, I have Thursdays, the, uh... Fridays. Yeah, Thursdays, usually Thursdays. Uh, yeah. we got the recap show. I'll put one out tomorrow night, and then usually nice. Thursday night is the, is the preview show. Yep. Yeah, and make sure – I mean, the thing with Evan's show is Evan, Evan as a fan, 
does a unique show, right? Murph does a unique show. Evan does a unique show. And so make sure you do it. It's really good stuff. And 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 Evan always gets top-notch guests as well. So make sure you listen to that. Uh, and Thank follow you. him on Twitter, at egroat 5 and, of course, at JustPodBaby. Evan, we'll talk to you next time, my man. Appreciate you being with us. Thanks for having me on, Scott. Take care. All right. There you go. Evan Grote from Just Pod Baby. Uh, we appreciate him being with us. And we appreciate all of you for being with us after the Raiders' big 38-20. to 20. Yes, it's big. When you're one and four and you win a game, it's big. And as someone said on the YouTube chat, yes, one game is a streak in the NFL. So you got to love that. And Raider Nation, you get to enjoy your week this week. You don't have to wait a week and a half after the last loss. Instead, you get to stroll into the office tomorrow, a winner wearing your silver and black uh, as the Raiders move to two and four. New Orleans up next. Up next for us is our show, of course, on Tuesday when Mo Moten, my partner, is back with me. We will talk one last time about the game, as we always do after watching the film, to give you some takeaways on specific players and some other great takeaways that we had from this one, uh, as well as start to look ahead. Excuse me. Start to look ahead at the Raiders versus the Saints and talk about any other roster transactions. And then, of course, on Wednesdays, we have our mailbag show. Make sure you send us some mail. We've been getting mail after losses. I'd love to see some positive. No, we get positive mail, too. But drop us a line at uh, mail at silverandblacktoday, mail at silverandblacktoday.com, excuse me. Uh, where we will read your questions and we answer your questions on Wednesday. So please do that. Very popular show. Uh, You guys seem to like it, so we will continue to do that as well and catch us on Thursday where we start to focus a lot more on the Saints. Uh, But we appreciate you being with us here on the postgame show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on audio. We are an Odyssey original podcast. We're number three in the country in podcasts for the NFL on the Odyssey network, just behind the Eagles and the Cowboys podcast. So make sure you uh, subscribe and download those so we can move past them, right? Raiders don't want to lose to Cowboys and Eagles. So help us with that as well. Subscribe on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, wherever you're watching us on video. We appreciate that as well. For Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, for Evan Grote of Just Pod Baby, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today, the post-game edition. Raiders, 38-20 winners Week 7 over the Houston Texans. Until Tuesday, thanks for being with us, Raider Nation. Take care of yourself.